Good morning. Good to see you this morning. I, I just got a message uh, from actually a couple of people. Betty Stevens is fine, but she was in a car wreck, and the family asked us to pray for her. So even before we move on, let's take a minute and pray for Betty. Father, we thank you for Betty. It's easy to love her, Lord. She loves you and just is a gracious lady. Father, we just pray for her, Lord. You know what's going on. We don't. Comfort her and, uh, Father, where she needs your touch, provide. We, we, Lord, we run to you because you are the one to run to. We're weak, but you're not. So, Father, just may Betty feel the comfort of your your family, your people, Father, as we lift her to you, God. Just help her, we plead. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Of course, this is a week we think about God's perfect love. How uh, it's poured out to us. As we think about Jesus walking among us, King of kings, Lord of lords. Oh, wow, he limited himself to this human body and being fully human. A man and, and yet fully God. And then, of course, we know as, as the week unfolds that he meets with his disciples as Thursday, as we have Monday, Thursday, and we remember that meeting together and sharing the Lord's Supper together. And then the cross that comes and then the blessed resurrection as we celebrate all of that and that perfect picture of love. This morning, as we're in Romans, instead of looking, of course, at where that love flows from, we're going to look at how the love flows out through those of us who have experienced his resurrection power that we, of course, celebrate on Sunday of the resurrection. Uh, and it's found in Romans chapter 12, verses 9 through 16. I'm actually going to skip uh, verse 14 as we come back to that after Easter. But I'm going to ask you to stand in God's honor. Romans 12, beginning at verse 9. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal. But keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope. Patient in affliction. Faithful in prayer. Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Let's pray. Father, thank you that we can cry out to you, Father, for those we love. Thank you that you love us and Father, as we approach you, we, as always, need to hear from you, Lord. So, Holy Spirit, we do welcome you, Father, to speak through this message that we might hear some challenging words about the love in us coming out through us. And, Father, thank you for this opportunity to, to be together again. And may we leave here, Father, thinking about you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. The truth of the matter is, we don't know what each day holds. We don't know how long until we step into eternity. 
Um, James 4 verse 14 says, Why you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. We don't know when any of us will step into eternity. And we don't know when the person beside us may step into eternity or the person who lives next to us or the person that we work close to. We don't know. I remember when I was a teenager, I think I was about 17 years old, I had stayed late at a friend's house. And it was after midnight and I was actually coming home down Canuga Road. And... Um, this car came flying at, I mean, high speed, way above the speed limit. And, and guys, he was, I don't know, 50, 100 yards away, you know, moving that fast, I don't know. But he came over in my lane. And I can remember thinking, you know, it's funny how everything slows down in those situations. But I remember thinking, I'm not going to get out of this. I'm going to die. And, and, you know, it was like, and I mean, the car, it, it did this number. And just it seemed like the last possible moment swerved back over into his lane. And boy, that night, you know, rapid heartbeat, it made me stop and think. Wow, I almost entered eternity. That, that could have been the, the moment that I stepped out of here and I was there. Stephen King, maybe some of you guys have read uh, some of his books. Uh, but back in 1999, he was uh, riding his bicycle, he got hit by a car, and the guy didn't stop, actually left him in the ditch to die. And I want to read to you, this is what he wrote. He said, a couple of years ago, I found out what you can't take it with you means. I found out while I was uh, lying in a ditch at the side of a country road, covered with mud and blood, and with the tibia of my right leg poking on out the side of my jeans like a branch of a tree taken down in a thunderstorm. I had a MasterCard in my wallet, but when you're lying in a ditch with broken glass in your hair, no one accepts MasterCard. We come in naked and broke. We may be dressed as we go out, but we're all just as broke. All the money you earn, all the stocks you buy, all the mutual funds you trade, all of that is mostly smoke and mirrors so I want you to consider making your life one long gift to others. And why not? All you have is on loan anyway. All that lasts is what you pass on. Now, let's take that a step further and go to that day that unless Jesus comes back and takes us to be with him, we'll face that stepping into eternity being at your funeral, where the casket is open and, and there lays your body. And as people walk by, as, as friends, as family, as, as those who knew and love you and others that you care about are there, I don't think they'll be talking about your financial portfolio. I don't think at that time they'll be talking about your vast accomplishments that impress the people that you work with or that you lived by. They'll be thinking about what inspired them about you. 
the way that you cared about people or, or, or certain gifts and talents that you had that, that helped other people. It's the inspiration. It's, it's what's left in their minds, their thoughts, what they think. Those areas of your life that inspired them, that makes the difference. And then at that moment, your body's placed in the ground. And as we, we think about that, uh, William James used to say, what really matters is not the duration of your life, but the donation of your life. What is the donation of your life going to be? There is a text of scripture here that we're going to look at this morning. That is a great text that talks about a rich life. It gives a wonderful donation to other people. And and, and it's what we're going to look at this morning. So uh, as I think about love. Wow. First Corinthians 13, of course, has that beautiful, beautiful uh, words about real love, the love that lasts. First Corinthians 13, it says, And now I will show you the most excellent way. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but have not love, I'm nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they'll be stilled. Where there's knowledge, it'll pass away. (laughs) He says, when I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. Now we see but a poor reflection. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. Now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Now that is a description of the kind of love that lasts. It's eternal love. It's it's God's love. It's unconditional love. And in this section of Scripture in Romans 12 that we're looking at this morning, and we'll have to come back to that after Easter and look at the second portion of this. This is talking about how that love is not only given to us, but how that love moves through us to others. And and that's what we're going to look at Uh, first. Let's look here in verse 9. I want you to see that love is sincere. He says here in in verse 9, love must be sincere. It's not hypocritical. There's no play acting, no phony baloney. At at gut level, it's true. There have been many who have been hurt by hypocrisy in, in, in church and those who play church instead of are the church. But that's not God's heart. God wants us to be authentic. He says, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. He says, cling to what is good. It, it, love is more than just telling people what they want to hear. Love is telling them what they need to hear. Rome, I mean, Proverbs 10 verse 12 says, open rebuke is better than hidden love. It means there's a time where you may not want to say it, But in love, they need to hear it. 
It's that kind of love that cares most about what the other person needs and is willing to go there. Sometimes it is a hug. Sometimes it is a pat on the back. Sometimes it's words that, eh. But but it's not going to get any better until you deal with this because it's hurting you and it's hurting other people. And and, and love's real, man. It's authentic. And, And that's where he's going here. Charles Ryrie said it best. He said, love is a river and it must be bordered on each side by the banks of truth and discernment. All right, next point. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Brotherly love. That's the word philea that we get affection from. Be devoted to one another where you have a connection, guys. A real affection for one another where you really care about each other with a with a with a family type connection among God's people. What's it like in your immediate family? Are, are things good with your parents, uh, with your uh, siblings, uh, with your, your children, uh, grandparents? Um, is, is there an affection there or or is is there some hurt that grinds in there and it makes it difficult to have that affection? It's meant to be that way. And then among God's people in the church, man, God wants us to to care about each other, to have have a to enjoy being together. Man, what a bummer. You know, every church says they're a friendly church, but not every church is once you get there. Sometimes people have these hidden hurts and, and, and they've got these grudges. And, and, and he, he says, man, I, I want this to be an affection. <laughs> do you allow people to disagree? Do you respect their opinions? Do you care how they feel or do you just keep talking anyway? Now we're there where we're, 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 there's a devotion to one another where there's that kind of affectionate love. There's a willingness to just let people be. Too often we don't say those things we should say to people until a funeral home experience. Say it now. Go to those people and let them hear. Let them hear. That matters. Um, matters. All right. Uh, next one here. Um, moving from there to uh, patience. Oh, no. Enthusiasm. I'm about to skip enthusiasm here. Notice what it says in verse 11. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Boy, when we stop. And I think this is tied. I was thinking about this, the resurrection. Um, It gets exciting. When you think about the fact all hope was gone and those disciples were scattered and they were praying in the upper room and they were shaking and shivering and then all hope is gone. And then what happened, guys? The Holy Spirit showed up and there was a remembrance of the resurrection. You know what happens? Sometimes as we get along in life, we forget about the fact that although everything looks dead through Jesus, there's resurrection. He is alive. And that ought to get you going. It ought to get you moving. It ought to create some passion. And, and, and not only is he alive, but it says that that same resurrection power when we receive Jesus Christ enters your heart. You become alive. Resurrected spiritually to, to, to sit at the right hand of the Father, as it says in Colossians 3, 1 through 4. And, and, and that he is our hope. And he's going to come back to us. There's an energy. Listen to these words of A.W. Tozer. In his book of God and men. 
God dwells in a state of perpetual enthusiasm. He is delight with all that is good and lovingly concerned about all that is wrong. He pursues his labors always in a fullness of holy zeal. No wonder the Spirit came at Pentecost as a sound of a rushing mighty wind and sat in tongues of fire on every forehead. Whatever else happened at Pentecost, one thing that cannot be missed by the most casual observer was the sudden upsurging of moral enthusiasm. Those first disciples burned with a steady inward fire. They were enthusiastic to the point of complete abandon. That kid. Do, do you see yourself as a whiny victim or do you enjoy life with a passion? See, that, that, That's the kind of love God gives us. All right, next one here is patience. Uh, look at verse 12 here. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Now, verse 12 says patient in affliction. I want you to notice what it's sandwiched between. As someone has said, you got troubles, I got troubles. Oh, God's children got troubles. Patient in affliction. Who are the guides that protect us in this affliction? Well, first he starts out, he says, be joyful in hope. That's what really sets us apart, is we have hope. You look at your situation and say, man, this is just too much. Is it? Not with God. There is hope. There's always hope. We're headed to heaven, guys. And God has a plan that we may not understand, we may not fathom, but there is hope. And the other side of it, he says, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. The other side of it is that God says, there is an open line to talk to me. There's an open line to hear from me. There's an open line of communication with the Holy God. And that's exciting stuff. And prayer is not to be taken lightly. So how do we handle the affliction? We always remember there's hope and we pray. That's part of love. That's part of love in the affliction. There's the hope and there's the prayer. And they work together. And, and prayer, I know there's critics of prayer, but they don't pray. They don't see the power of prayer. I read as I, w- I was studying this of a church in Phoenix where the pastor of the church had asked uh, some of the, those follow- uh, people in, in the church to call 80 people out of the phone book. And um, he then requested daily prayer for each of those nine, for those people, those 80 people for 90 days. At the same time, he gave a different group of members of the church 80 other names and asked them to call them, but had nobody pray. At the end of the 90 days, they called the 160 people. And I want you to hear what happened. This is pretty amazing stuff. They called the 160 people. Of the people who prayed daily for the 90 days, 69 of the 80 people were allowed to visit in the homes. Forty-five of those people (laughs) offered to give them coffee and name some special prayer requests. But of the 80 people who did not, who did not receive prayer, who they did not pray for, only one person said, you can come visit me. Prayer. The difference was prayer. God was working. And, and, Man, how precious it is to have a prayer warrior 
or to pray for someone else. Billy Graham, you know, he he would always say that there was prayer warriors made the difference in his ministry. Yes, God had gifted him in evangelism, but there was this one specific elderly lady, and he said, man, her reward in heaven is going to be a lot more than mine because she was faithful to pray. She was in the trenches, and it makes the difference, that faithful prayer. All right, I know we've got to move on here. Verse 13, real love is expressed in generosity. Notice what it says here in verse 13. Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Money is not mentioned here, but surely it was involved. You see, generosity involves money, but that's not all. There's time, there's interest, there's attention, there's encouragement. There's reaching out to someone with just a small act of kindness that makes all the difference. I mean, those little acts of kindness can be so powerful. And I'm not talking about the fakey kind of kindness, like when you get stopped for speeding by a cop and he, you know, and he comes up to you, you know, and he's, he's getting ready to write you a ticket. And you're like, how are you, officer? It's such a beautiful day. I'm so glad you're such a faithful servant of this place, this city, this county. Are you kidding me? What are you thinking? Ooh, how did he stop me? There are all these real criminals out there and he stopped me. This is so unjust, so wrong. <laughs> You all know what I'm talking about. I don't think I'm the only one. <laughs> but we're talking about the acts of kindness that, that just cares about people. Matter of fact, Paul Harvey told a story about a three-year-old boy. He went in the grocery store with his mother. And man, she walked in there and she, she set him in the grocery cart seat. And she said, no chocolate chip cookies. I'm going to tell you now. No chocolate chip cookies cookies well as they went through the store of course they came to the cookie aisle and the little boy said mommy i want some chocolate chip cookies i told you don't even ask no chocolate chip cookies well they did some more shopping believe it or not they ended up back in the cookie aisle later on and the little boy he he had to try again he said mommy i need i need some chocolate chip cookies she said, I told you no chocolate chip cookies. Don't ask me for chocolate chip cookies. Well, then it came time to check out. She got in the aisle with all the groceries standing in the aisle. The little three-year-old boy he thought, man, this is my last chance. We're about to leave the grocery store. i got to do something. So he, he managed to stand up in that seat. And he says, in the name of Jesus, Mama, I need some chocolate chip cookies. And she just looked at him and said, no chocolate chip cookies. People started clapping. People got so excited that when they left the grocery store, that little boy left with 23 packages of chocolate chip cookies. Don't try that, Jerry. <laughs> but anyway, the point is acts of kindness can impact the rest of your day, can it? So may we be the vehicles of that, guys. To offer encouragement. Uh, next one here in verse 15. Sympathy. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. True love never stands aloof. It is there in the times of celebration. And it is the, there in the time of heartbreak. Experiences bond people together. And through the years, as God's people share things, there's a connection 
There's a, a sympathy of, of being able to, to deeply care for one another that's genuine. <laughs> I love the story of the little boy who went to buy a puppy. There were half a dozen puppies in the litter. and He came in he said, I'm here to buy a puppy. And the man who owned the puppies uh, said, well, they're $25 a piece. And the little boy got this terrible look on his face and he said, all I have is $2.25. And so the man said, well, let's look at the puppies and maybe we can work something out. Maybe you can make payments and be able to get a puppy. Well, as he looked at the puppies, he noticed there was this one puppy that was smaller than the rest and he kind of had trouble moving around. And he said, tell me about that puppy. He said, well, that puppy's crippled. Puppy uh, has trouble moving around. She, she can get around, but not easily. He said, I want that puppy. He said, why do you want that puppy? And the little boy pulled up his pants leg and he revealed a brace on his leg. And he said, because I know how that puppy feels. You see, I needed a lot of help walking around and, and moving around. And people loved me and helped me get the point to where I can walk now. And that puppy needs a lot of love. And I think I understand how to love him. And the man said, he's yours. Costs $2.25. And he walked out with that puppy. Guys, there is a power in real sympathy. That should mark the church of Jesus Christ. <laughs> it, it should be a part of our lives. Part of our lives. One last one here. Verse 16. Humility. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. (laughs) Do not be conceited. None of this trying to impress those people who are powerful and those people who can help you move up the ladder. And, And he said, guys, look around you and help those people that others don't notice. The people of low position. This is not a time among God's people to to be proud or to be conceited. It's a time to care for one another. To, to notice those who are not above you but are struggling. He says, do not be conceited. Take care of those people. And, and why do we hold back? Well, a couple of th- reasons that we hold back. One is um, we're afraid. We're, we're afraid that we might get taken advantage of or we won't know what to say. The other is pride. We don't want to stoop. And that's one of the beautiful pictures of grace is Jesus, King of kings, Lord of lords, stooped for us. That, that, that's, that's love. That is God's kind of love. Listen to C.S. Lewis's quote from The Four Loves, his book, The Four Loves. To love at all is to be vulnerable. Love anything in your heart will be wrung and possibly broken. If you want to make sure of keeping it intact, you must give it to no one, not even an animal. Wrap it carefully around with hobbies and little luxuries. Avoid all entanglements. Lock it up safe in the casket or coffin of your selfishness. But in the casket, that casket, safe, dark, motionless, airless, it will change. It will not be broken. It will become unbreakable impenetrable, irredeemable, 
To love is to be vulnerable. All right, I've come to the end of this, and you know, it's hard not to feel a little stung after this kind of message. As we all think about, man, I'm not loving in that way. And it pulls us back to Jesus, who modeled that kind of love at the cross, of course, that is our emphasis this time of year. And what did Jesus say after all of the pain and all the suffering? Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. You see, he's more than a moral teacher. He's more than just a good man. He's more than a historical figure. He's the hope of all. He is the Savior. He is the Lord. And He is the one that empowers this kind of love. Without Him, this kind of love doesn't work. We need love beyond what we possess, and that's in Jesus Christ. And so as we come to time of invitation, as we examine our hearts where we are in love, we have an altar. Maybe God's spoken to you about some issues, and you just want to come to this king and to pray and say, God, I'm coming with you. I want your love to come out of me as it should. Maybe you need to make a decision where you are. Maybe you need to come to the front. Maybe you need to share something with his people. We just want God to move in his glory among us. Let's pray. Lord, uh, thank you for this time to worship today. You are so good, God. And your love is so beyond our understanding. As we've taken a glimpse at that kind of love. As it moves through us, your weak vessels... We are humbled. Father, we look at the cross. That's the only place to look because, man, we don't measure up. I don't measure up. But thanks be to God that you say there's a gift (laughs) that covers it all. One at Calvary, available to all who simply run to you. So we offer that this morning to any who have heard about you, but have never stopped and received the gift of eternal life, the gift that gives love that lasts. To say, God, I need you. I can't do it on my own. Enter my life, forgive my sin. Give me a new start. Father, may one who has never done that pray in such a way, Father, receiving you and knowing life. May the rest of us just obey whether it's to come to the altar Pray where we are. Come to the front. Share with your people. I don't know. I just want you to move. I get so sick of the little I do. I need you. We all do. Work, O Master. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.